Good afternoon, fellow podcastians. It is a Wednesday afternoon here in Baltimore, and it is Wednesday, March 12th, and we are now living in a new age. The CDC, or the World Health Organization, I believe, just declared the coronavirus a pandemic, and I know that many of us are living in an unprecedented time of fear and confusion, and um, it's definitely going to be interesting watching it unfold. The reason I, I wanted to do a podcast on teaching was because there are many universities in the Baltimore area, and I'm sure across the country and world, that are approaching spring break, and they've announced that they are canceling classes, they are allowing their professors professional development time to plan online lessons, and they are essentially telling students, get out and go home. And that in and of itself is adding to the fear. There are international students who may or may not be able to even get home. There's concern about exposure and are they bringing germs home with them to other areas. Part of New York City, New Rochelle, is under a quarantine with the National Guard standing by. There was a priest in Washington, D.C. recently who was exposed to the virus and still chose to give masks to over 500 people. And so really, it's almost as if common sense has died. And there's a lot of conversation among students. There's a lot of conversations among teachers. And so from a teaching perspective, one of the most important things that we're going to be faced with are dealing with the emotions of our students, dealing with the fear, helping to build in them the confidence that there are people that know what's going on. There are people that are not going to let them down. There are people that are not going to put them in danger. And also, just from a pedagogical standpoint, I'm really curious about what sort of platforms these universities and colleges have put in place. If there's not a strong learning management system, it's going to be very difficult for professors who are used to giving in-person lectures or in-person labs to suddenly flip the script and take their content online. And there's also a lot of talk about whether we think the public school systems or some of the private schools. Um, I know some of the private schools around here are actually planning to go to an online platform. They have it a little bit easier because it's already sort of built into their culture in their building. They have a one-to-one -one culture. They are utilizing things like Google Classrooms. Students are used to on snow days work being uploaded. But in a school system like mine, which is the 24th largest in the, the nation, we just scaled back our one-to-one -one devices. Our elementary students are one-to-two or one-to-three. And yes, we have a learning management system, but we don't always have access. And so one of the first things that I really wanted to cover on this was sort of um, the culture of, of the learning that's going to be taking place. I think we're going to have to be a lot more forgiving. I think that we as educators are going to have to embrace not being perfect. Uh, we've never taught in a time like this. We've never been facing this level of, of sort of pandemonium in the pandemic. And so if you are a teacher 
and you are scared and you are apprehensive, please know that that is okay. Please know that you are not alone, that there are countless others in the trenches with you and that you should be absolutely communicating to your students that it might be uncertain and you might be unsure about how you're going to grade everything and how you're going to access everything, but you're in it together. You're going to be providing them valuable content. You're going to be working with them on deadlines and revisions and rubrics and, and scoring tools and all of those things. So, so number one, please accept that a growth mindset is absolutely fundamental to getting through this next period. The second thing that you really need to look at is does your school infrastructure have in place a learning management system? Has your technology caught up with this idea of online learning? And please, get familiar with it. I am not in any way going to be talking about tips and tricks to use with specific learning platforms. All I'm going to tell you is please make yourself an expert as soon as you can in the ins and outs of that platform. The one thing I am going to talk about, though, is is making use of some free online tools. Google Classrooms is a fantastic resource that a lot of school districts have already moved to. They make it easy to upload class lists and assign projects and allow collaboration. So if you are one of those districts, please spend some time learning the ins and outs of Google Classrooms. And if you're not, that does not mean that you cannot access some of the tools. So, for example, one of the easiest things to do on Google Classrooms is to set up forms where you can capture student responses. So the easiest thing to do is probably on your home computer, open up a word processing document, type in whatever questions you're going to have the students answer, whether that be a selected response like a multiple choice or a short answer. And then you can copy them one at a time into a Google form. And you save that form as a master template, but then you share it and you upload it to either your learning management system, like for me, that's Schoology, or your Google Classrooms, and you attach it so that that is a way to capture student data. The students would go online, they'd fill it out, and then you're getting their responses. So that's kind of the the, the layer one of collecting student information and being able to know what they're doing. The other thing that's really nice about Google Classrooms is you can absolutely set up a Google form where you can have multiple students on there at once. So you can cultivate discussion. You can post an image and have students reply. You can have students reply to one another's comments. So you can have some ongoing formative data. Um, that's really going to be important because students are not going to be used to learning asynchronously. They're probably not going to be used to learning to log in and have to catch up on everybody's comments and make sure that they know where they are in the discussion thread because not every learning management system has an online discussion opportunity. So if you still want to cultivate that idea of collaboration and community and not have them lose touch with one another, I would fully encourage you to use a Google form, post a question, moderate it, absolutely hop in there. And, and you know, if you're an English teacher and you want to make comments about grammar and spelling, go ahead. If you're a social studies teacher and you're looking for them to provide evidence for claims, go ahead and do that. You can embed graphs and charts. If you're a math teacher or if you're a physical education teacher, you can have them watch, uh, you know, embed 
embed a clip from YouTube or from, from sorry, Safari Montage on, you know, the benefits of nutrition or the benefits of cardiovascular exercise and then have the students have conversations about that. But Google Platform is free. It has a lot of wonderfully intuitive tools that you can use. Um, the other thing that I really want to talk about are some of the free tools that teachers can use to capture direct instruction because we are again at a time where not maybe every teacher knows how to get their voice heard because oh my gosh I have to teach quadratic equations and I have no idea how to model for my students because if they were in front of my classroom I would be doing a think aloud or I would be showing them step by step how to exactly tackle this how to find the answer how to rationalize I can't do that online. Well, the good news is, yes, you can. And the easiest way to do that is through your computer with a program called screencastomatic.com. That is screencastomatic.com. They have a free as well as a paid version, and I'm absolutely going to advocate using the free version. You can record up to 15 minutes, and what it does is it absolutely records your computer screen. You can either do all of your computer screen all of you talking to the students are a combination. And I really like the combination of using a webcam where the students can see me and hear me and I still have that personal impact, but they're also looking at my screen. So you have a Word document. You have that quadratic equation typed into a Word document. If you have a touch screen, you show them step by step how you're solving the problems. You're writing out the math. You're capturing your think aloud as you're going. If you're doing something with images, you can have the images downloaded into the Word document. If you're showing them an online tool, you can, they see where to click. They hear your directions. They have some of the best modeling in front of them because you're actually recording it. So you go through, the, the best thing to do is to actually, as the teacher, pull your resources together first so that you know exactly what resources you're activating unless you're showing them how to do an internet search. If not, you're going to be fumbling around and you're going to be recording yourself and you're going to not like it and you're going to want to stop and edit and redo, blah, blah, blah. Just have your resources done. Have a plan. It's the same as... A, an in-person lesson. You wouldn't just go, okay, guys, today I think I'm going to pull up a resource on the overpopulation of the guinea fish. No, you'd have everything done. You'd have an objective. You'd have an assessment. You still need to do that for online lessons. But once you do that and you record it, it then processes and you can either upload it to YouTube, which I'm a fan of doing, because on YouTube, the videos can live unlisted and private. And then you can just get a share code. And that's the code that you link to the learning management system or the Google Doc where you're giving them, here's your assignment. If you need an example, here's how you do this. If you need an example of this problem, go to this video. And the students can't access it directly um, other than through that link. So it's not like somebody is going to be searching you and finding all of these YouTube videos if you keep it private and unlisted. You can also upload it to Screencast-O-Matic or you can save it locally onto your computer. And then from there, you can upload the entire, I think it saves it as an MP3. So your students will have access. And what's great about Screencast-O-Matic is they can watch the examples over and over and over again. So wherever your students are having confusion, it is the best way for you to provide direct instruction. So I hope these are some tips and tricks that'll help you as we move into this era of probably for a while, some sustained online learning. If you have any questions, my email again is don'tcallmesteph1 at gmail.com. I am going to start offering some paid webinars. So if you're interested in that, shoot me an email and I hope that this finds you well. Have a good evening.